This episode of Eddie Firth's podcast is brought to you by Historical Roast. Historical Roast, teaching history a lesson. Welcome to this episode of the podcast, guys. You are in store for a treat today. Uh, Ryan Pig and I sat down, and we give you the full history of our show, Historical Roast, from start to finish. We go so far back that we give you our own history and what led us both to moving to Hollywood, getting involved in entertainment. Um, true confession, I have not seen the movie or the play, 1776, so Ryan introduces it to me, and we actually watch one of the songs from that when Thomas Jefferson, um, Ben Franklin, and John Adams are actually trying to choose the national bird. As Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, he, he's got two birds for you. Um, but I'm looking forward to both of these episodes. We're actually going to split this one up into two parts. So in part one, uh, you're going to hear everything that leads up to the night Ryan and I come up with the idea for historical roast. You'll hear each of our journeys to Los Angeles. You'll hear what it's like working at Nerd Melt, working at that showroom, changed both of our lives and, and brought us together as, as friends and, and co-workers, co-hosts and co-producers, uh, how we brought Sammy Junio into the mix and everything. Actually, that, that's, that's part two. You're going to hear that a little bit later because this episode is going to end just before the night or right at the night we come up with the idea. So sit back and relax. Check that out. I'm so excited for this episode. Um, coming up, I'll actually be at Nerd Melt and Meltdown a few times in the next month. So come see me there. You definitely don't want to miss Meltdown Comics Presents Championship Wrestling from Hollywood's Red Carpet Rollout. Saturday, June 17th. Doors open at 11 a.m. Bell time is probably going to be around 11.30 a.m. We've got an incredible card. You're going to see guys like Scorpio Sky, professional Peter Avalon, everyone from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood that you love is going to be there at a free event where we're putting a wrestling ring in the middle of Meltdown Comics. We're clearing shelves out, and you're going to see matches happen in Meltdown Comics. You do not want to miss this event. It is one of a kind. It is something that you have never seen before, wrestling at Meltdown Comics. That's Saturday, June 17th. Doors open at 11 a.m. It is a completely free event at Meltdown Comics as they present championship wrestling from Hollywood's red carpet rollout in anticipation of the big red carpet rumble coming up. Then... Tuesday, June 20th at 9 p.m., Historical Roast returns to Nerd Melt when we roast the Beatles, the Fab Four, the British Invasion, everyone's favorite band, and a band that, you know, every one of the Beatles songs is just a four-chord song, so come enjoy that. We have an incredible lineup for you. You're going to see Dave Ross, Jeremiah Watkins, Ed Salazar, Stuart Thompson, Christian Spicer, Atska Okatska. Ify Nwadwile and Robin Tran are all going to be roasting the Beatles Tuesday night, June 20th at 9 p.m. at Nerd Melt. Then the following weekend, Sunday, June 25th, with a 3 p.m. door time and 3.30 bell time, you want to make sure you come check out Championship Wrestling from Hollywood's Red Carpet Rumble live at the Ocean View Pavilion in scenic Port Wanimi. It's a quick drive from Los Angeles, and it is a free event, and you're going to see our big 30-man over-the-top battle royal for a chance at the heritage championship plus pretty peter avalon or professional peter avalon 
as he's now known, goes one-on-one -on -one with bad dude Tito for the Heritage Championship. And Scorpio Sky gets his rematch against Rocky Romero, international superstar Rocky Romero. So check that out. And we have our second Jokers and Aces coming up. We had an incredible debut of Jokers and Aces. Big thank you to Justin Willman, Byron Bowers, Matt McCarthy, Scout Durwood, Matt Marcy, and David Kovac, an incredible Jokers and Aces. We're following that up on Sunday, July 2nd at 7 p.m. Jokers and Aces is a brand new show Taylor Hughes and I put together where you get to see comedians and magicians on the same show. And July 2nd at 7 p.m., we have Joel Ward, Alan Strickland-Williams, Brandy Posey, Nathan Fan, Brody Reed, and David and Lehman. And I, I am... I couldn't be more excited for this show either. The, the first Jokers and Aces was incredible. Magic and comedy, two of my absolute favorite things, and we've gotten a chance to put them on one show together. So check out Jokers and Aces, Sunday, July 2nd at 7 p.m. at Nerd Melt. I hope to see you guys there. Make sure you follow Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Meltdown Comics, Nerd Melt, Historical Roast, Fictional Roast, and Jokers and Aces on all the appropriate social media platforms, and you guys will be updated on what what's going on with them and uh, I think it's time to kick over to me and Ryan talking about the history of historical roast so I know that there's this thing like I don't remember what it's called maybe you know what this is called like when you like let's say you bought a Prius and every time you go driving then all you see are Priuses on the road you ever notice that? But there's a there's a name for it. Oh, I know what you're talking about. What's it called? When you're like start looking for something, like the, and then you see like it. the time, like like people were saying, like it was whenever they look at the clock, it'd be nine eleven. Heidi has that. She looks at the clock at nine eleven. I look the at the I look at the clock at my birthday and nine eleven. So if you ever yeah, so that's a, it's funny because like whenever you're thinking like when's a good time to text somebody, it's a number time that. Like you, like because they're gonna be looking at their phone and they'll just remember. Yeah. But also, I don't yeah. know. It's also just like habit at this point. Yeah. After every day of like the same time, your body starts just repeating. That's why you wake up around the same time, just because, even if you have the day off. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I I have that with I have that with the show all the time. Like I know this is not. You mean other shows that are like it or? No, with historical roast. History. And fictional roast. Whoever we're roasting or whatever's going on pops up in my life all the time. Ah, I gotcha. Kind of like last night when we saw Pirates of the Caribbean. We saw Paul McCartney. Paul, Paul fucking McCartney's in it and we're roasting the Beatles I in a month. Like yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Look, I know, that, <laughs> I know that Paul McCartney wasn't in the movie because we're roasting the Beatles. It's just a really I weird know, coincidence. <laughs> never say never. We're never saying don't. Although, didn't they just, isn't it the anniversary of... We should know this. This is one of the other things about historical roasts is we never actually know what the anniversaries are. We don't know up. the dates, but isn't it like the anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's album? I think that's coming up right now. So maybe it was a good moment. He was like, "Oi, I can, oi, oi, <laughs> I'll be in the Pirates movie and help promote the record." Is yo just oi backwards? Is that like maybe it is, or is it opposite? Maybe it is. What came first, the yo or the oi? <laughs> Um, oi, oi, well, oi! Oi's in different cultures. Yo is just like a new, th <coughs> new like. <coughs> yo is around in the nineties. They had Yo MTV raps in the nineties. 
It was an actual TV show. Yo, MTV Raps. I'm comparing it to Oi, which has definitely been around for more than two centuries. All right, so you're putting your money on Oi being up first? Like, that's the original? Oi? Yeah, Oi's probably been around first. So you think someone just turned Oi around and was like, yo. Mm-hmm. Fuck your Oi. Yo. Mm-hmm. That's where dogs come from. Fuck God. Me. Here's a dog. Is that real? That's, that's your thing? I don't know. Wikipedia. That's where we get all... You know what I realized the other day? Yeah. How important the death and personal life section of Wikipedia is for, for our show. <laughs> How so? Because those are the best jokes. Yeah. They have a dead son. They died yeah, because yeah, of yeah, failed yeah. suicide that accidentally went right the last minute. I don't know what figure I'm naming right now. I feel like that'd be... <laughs> I feel like I read that on somebody's Wikipedia. I do. I do. Remember there was a time when we would start every show and I would refer to it as the only show where you could use Wikipedia and YouTube as, as references on your book report? Mm-hmm. It's also the only show where our most reoccurring guest is Hitler. <laughs> and, sec- right. and second is Helen Keller. Or Thomas Jefferson, actually. And John Adams has been on a few, right? Was Never, he on, yeah. a, he always, was on Benjamin Franklin? Always the roaster, never the roastee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always the guest. Uh, to me, that's sort of an unofficial rule we've had, where it's like, John Adams can never actually be the guy. He always has to be on a panel. or Because that was, to me, that was the funny, like, that's his place in history. Is he was always sort of like, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yeah. And so... Story of his life, even in the afterlife. Story of the afterlife. Except the John Adams document, uh, the the Paul Show. Giamatti yeah, miniseries, yeah. that's a, that's fucking brilliant. Have you seen that? Yes, but okay. So we're talking favorite, like uh, works of art. Let's say movies and TV shows specifically. Um, uh, let's just say let's just say entertainment wise. What is one of your favorite representations of like that era, like the Revolutionary War, the the founding fathers, like what? Of, and I'm including Hamilton in that. I've not seen or heard Hamilton. I, I'll be honest. You have heard Hamilton. I heard it at the show. That was about it. That was a parody too, I guess. I guess, look, one night, I'll be honest, one night I need to come over and you need to like take me, you need to like hold my hand through Hamilton and uh, play the songs mm-hmm. and give me the interstitials. If I got Julian M. Stern and and Scout Durwood to sing Hamilton, would you? <laughs> Can we just shoot that? Can that yeah. be a fun, Can we get... Just get the two of them to come over here yeah. and plan out what you need and be like, look, Eddie's never seen it or heard it. Let's present the show to him. I bet Darian Sills Evans can do a backflip. I think that's in the show. Are there backflips in the show? Well, there is now. If we're, if we're remaking it, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta step it up, dude. Um, my friend Kevin can do backflips. He, was, wait, what? My friend Kevin was used to be a gymnast and now yeah. he has a lot of, like he got into theater and he does a community theater back in Stanford where I'm from. And yeah. I used to joke with him because they used to make him do a flip in every show that he was in because he could do a backflip. Oh, dude. He'd be the most he'd be one of the most famous stand-up comedians in like a week if he started doing stand-up. And, and doing backflips? If you gave if you wrote for him or he started, you know, if he, maybe he's funny, he just did a backflip at the end of every single set. <laughs> he'd, ask, he'd be asked to do some of the most ridiculous shows that would put him on the right places. So when I went back in October to Connecticut, <laughs> when I went back to Connecticut in October... You're talking about doing backflips and stand-up. It's brilliant. Yeah, but I don't know. What if that was every time you hit your punchline, you did a backflip? <laughs> that's that's the that's the goal. Is every time yeah. you hit your punchline, you do a backflip? <laughs> but I went back and I I put him on the show. <laughs> I teased him. Hey, do you want to play Helen Keller or just do a backflip afterwards? <laughs> Give this man a wig. I did a joke because um, I performed for the cast of Ragtime after they performed Ragtime at the theater, and I did a bunch of jokes about the people I knew there. You performed for the performers. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. And after it, I told him, I was like, I did that. I told this, you know, I got very serious. I was like, 
I was like, you know, Kevin, he's a good friend of mine. Every time he did a show here, a curtain call, they would make him do a backflip in the show. And I used to get really mad at him. I said, Kevin, stop doing backflips in the show. Don't let them make you a gimmick. Don't, don't let them assign this thing to you that you have to do every time. And, and I was like, don't let them make you a gimmick. Yeah. I forget exactly how I finished it, but I was, I was like, I don't want you to just rely on this thing. And, and I was like, and then I got to LA and I started wearing bow ties all the time. So now I totally do it. Do backflips, Kevin, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I did a play on that. I was going to say, if you, if you like gave him that whole, that whole talk and you're like, you don't need to be a gimmick, man. He's like, all right, I'll think about it. And they just like backflipped out of the room. <laughs> he could do that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I wrote that in, uh, my brother and I wrote a script, uh, a pilot for a show and people started telling us they can, they love it, but they can see it animated. Okay. And because we have one character that does a bunch of backflips out, out of the room that's his exit yes his exit I love that. and then into a um into like a vent so it backflips into a vent and they were like oh i guess he's i guess he's animated man this is really great but i can definitely see it animated you should talk to some animators and i was like please god don't <laughs> i don't i want it to be goofy as fuck like not yeah. uh, like you know i've seen it happen i've seen them do it in non-animated stuff but that's like you know what i'm thinking about like I'm thinking about all this shit I've done since I moved to LA. Yeah. And all of them have been like collaborations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, I really like, I, I think I'm really into collaborations. Because I'm like, I write, I'll write stuff on my own. I'll like do stuff on my own. But in like big stuff like Historical Roast, it's, it's good being like duo. Has this been like your first like duo like show? Or more I than one? I think so. Have you hosted shows before with other people or... When I when I started stand up out in Connecticut, the idea behind that was my friend Mondo and I. Mondo was a stand up comedian out in Connecticut. And we performed at Curtain Call um, nice. in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest together. Very cool. Um, and we played the 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 aides. I was aide Ward and he was aide something. Like yeah. it was this throwaway. Like it was a way for us to move set pieces on stage in uh-huh. character, and we were very minor roles but it was a great experience and i met mondo and mondo was doing a lot of stand-up in connecticut i guess started writing for mondo a little and i'd give him a punchline or i'd ask him this and try to develop a bit with him um and it was always sort of very hands-off um just kind of helping him along and then one time i was eventually like mondo i i think i want to try stand-up like how would i do it so the first thing we did together was basically him, but he put together like a night of stand-up comedy at oh, nice. like a, lo- a local cafe. Yeah. And like that was my first foray into it. Um, it was ridiculous. Like I think about it now, he paid me 40 bucks a show. Oh, wow. And we did it Hell yeah. like twice a month for two summers in a row or something like that. Yeah. People would come out. It was, and so it was sort of a collaboration, but he was mm. teaching me how to produce and really... I owe Mondo so much. He taught me so many things about stand-up and even how to produce a show. Yeah. Like, he spelled it out for me where he was like, you can either charge at the door mm-hmm. and they buy drinks and that's how you and the venue make money. Or he's like, you can put up money up front to hire people and this. And, and he just taught me all the different ways you can produce a show and make money off of a show and like yeah. what the payment structure was, how you put, if you have a budget, where are you getting the budget from? And, yeah. Um, when I got out in New York, I was not as creative as I would have wanted. I did a lot of stand-up. Early on, my brother and I were writing and 
producing films together. And it was a, a film we were trying to do together, but it was, it was collaborative. I think there's just something about the collaborative effort, which gets kind of like this. Like, it gets us talking about creating, and that's what mm-hmm. we kind of all geek out on. Yeah. You know, I've noticed that with so many people out here, you want to, you tend to gravitate together because it's someone else to create with. Yeah. And that's all we want to do is create with friends. Do you, do you remember when we first met? Or, yeah, it was the first time we met. It was at the, there was like a nerd melt party. I want to do that, but you asked the question that, I, like, if anyone's listening, there have to be waiting for my answer, which was what my favorite fictional piece of work about the revolutionary time period Oh, that's was. right. So I was... I thought you answered that. I, I, didn't, I didn't answer did. You said Hamilton. You think we all know it's Hamilton. No, man, 1776. Do you know I've honestly never seen that show? It's a movie. I, I watched, but it's a show. It's a play. Yeah. Do the play. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, the movie where fucking. I guess you can. I guess Mr. Feeney plays John Adams. Yeah, that's why the John. I've Adams only high seen school. parts of it. I've uh, only seen parts of it. I'm, I. Yeah, I'll show you. I a part. feel terrible too because I know that I should you, have seen it. I'll show you a part. It's like a, a musical part with John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, where they're trying to pick the. Um, they're trying to pick the, the country's bird. <laughs> and you That's remember good. Ben Franklin wanted it to be a turkey. I did. I don't know that. I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. seeing it. No. Uh, was want, this a, was this, this real? This is, yeah. It's. I mean. It's okay. Based off, it, it's very similar to Hamilton, where it's all factual. Okay. But they, you know. Uh, a turkey sounds accurate. <laughs> for now, <laughs> but period. Uh, but I, I at get the time, not we, just the symbolism, but so yeah, we're all John Ad- Yeah, John Adams wanted the eagle. I think Thomas Jefferson wanted the dove, but. Did anyone want dog? If you're listening to this, you should watch it. It's called the I think it's called the Egg, seventeen seventy six, the Egg song or musical. If someone's listening to this, they are also like Eddie. You still haven't seen seventeen seventy six? What's wrong with you? Like, uh, that's... Yeah, I don't know. Some people haven't seen it. I mean, I don't. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. I think I've seen most parts of it though. Maybe the beginning. It was on Turner Classic Movies or something. Um, then we have to sit down and watch that. We're okay. derelict. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if we just took the break and we came back and the rest of the like we just reviewed seventeen. It's like well we started watching and then we watched three seasons of Boy Meets World. <laughs> that's how we go. And then we watched the. So wait a minute, you're telling me that's your favorite piece of fictional work, but you haven't seen the whole. I say fictional work. I said entertain entertainment based on the founding fathers. Okay. And like that in revolutionary era. So what's your favorite? Either that or the Patriot. But you honestly haven't I like seen seventeen seventy six. No, I was, I'm talking about that specific scene. Though. Oh, okay. The the bird scene. Yeah, seventeen seventy six because of the bird scene. Pull up the bird. I haven't scene. Even seen the whole fucking movie. They Pull could the kill every. It could be like a. Pull up the bird scene. We'll play it right now. Is your computer not on? No, oh. <laughs> I just like smacking it, smacking the keyboard. So it could be any entertainment ah! based on. You know I'm a documentary fan, but there's no specific documentary. The have you ever seen Discovery Channel did America, the history of or the story of us? It was like a twelve part documentary they, series. Can you tell me if they said the story of us because it looks like US? Uh not specifically because of that. No. Wait, is, is it a series? It's a series by Discovery Channel. So they did. It wasn't like a director. No, okay, they did. They did a twelve week kind of. Or it's nine or twelve weeks. They're an hour. They're beautifully done documentaries, and they cover amazing U.S. history. It's probably in my adult life when I really started to fall in love with history. Like that, me watching that documentary series led to me being interested enough in this subject to want to do this show with you. 
Yeah. Like that series fucking that series is incredible. Well, let me know where to find it. I have it on Blu-ray. I'll let you borrow it. Or we'll fuck it. How we'll many, sit down and watch that too. We have a long you, How much have you watched of it? Almost I mean it's old, so I've how watched many, it several times. Wait, I mean, wait, what year did it come out? I'll look it up right now. We'll You're like pull before we went to the moon. Um no, it, it's a it was like I want to say it's like 2012. Yeah, I want to say 2012. It's a more recent documentary. And it was, I just thought it was beautifully shot, beautifully produced. And they also didn't just focus on, it's not like they told the same stories over and over. They went mm-hmm. a little deeper. Like they talked a little bit more about Paul Revere. And it's a slant on history that doesn't just take you through the beats. It goes deeper to the actual moments that mattered and the actual people and places and, and the the social effect of everything. Um, they talked at one point, it says 2010, America, the story of us. Um, cool. Six night miniseries. Cool. I'll yeah. We have, to, we have to watch this. This is incredible. Leave Schreiber is the narrator. <laughs> so that covers a long period of time. Yeah. Um, brings us almost all the way up to the modern times. Yeah. Actually, I believe it actually, I think it included something on September 11th. If it was 2010, I think they finished a little after that or sometime around that for the series. 2010? Like, when it came out, I think the last part of the documentary series, the last episode ends sometime a little after. Like, one of those. Yeah. And then this happened, and then technology boomed, and we can't wait to see where we're going next. Y2K, (laughs) 9-11, Afghanistan. But Liev Schreiber said it's the it guy, for the, but it's someone from the 1940s is like narrating it. It's like the it's like Benjamin Button where it starts out with like, it's like, yo, what's up? Here we are, the ninth or 1770s. And, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Why would we go backwards? I guess it's just like random. Okay, right, so I'm you want to play though? You want to play it loud so that that we can record the sound. Feel And who's, oh, wow, play, who's feel playing it. Franklin? Dude, I don't know. It's oh, we should know this. So you reminds me. Oh, I thought that was Ed Wynn for a second. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say he reminds me of Ed Wynn. This one came out in 1972. Howard De Silva. Schwarzenegger's playing Thomas Jefferson. Howard De Silva. Okay, what's he been? Ken Howard. Oh, this guy. I know this guy. Ken Howard's playing Jefferson. Oh wow. I know he that guy. much different. He was in the net. Uh, Michael Clayton. He was in Michael Clayton. That's why I remember him from most recently. He's just reading off of IMDb. You don't have to lean into that. <laughs> I, of course I'm reading off of IMDb. It's a masterpiece, I say. They will cheer every Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. Katie's singing. I wish I felt that way. I believe I can put it People, people are losing so much respect for the fact that I don't know this right now. And if you're judging me, fuck you. <laughs> of course. A bit gouty in the leg. They definitely did this at Curtain Call at the yeah. theater. I, For those I, of you listening, this is the longer version where they... And we're going to listen to the whole thing with you here. It's like five minutes long. That's not that long. I thought you were talking like nine minutes. 
Oh, it's four, oh, four, four and a half. Almost four twenty. The eagle. It's beautiful. It works because they were all earnest. Yeah. The turkey. This is the best part. But that's great. They included that little. It's almost a. He bugs buddy them. Look how proud Feeney is. Go watch this, guys. Feeney is so proud right now. Your bags, huh? I haven't seen them th him this happy since he had that one dream in that episode of Boris World where everyone was answering his questions. They said, Sir, Mr. Feeney, sir! So you have seen this play all the way through? Yeah. Okay. That's why I went straight to it. Oh, this is, yeah. So have they agreed on the eagle now, or they're still... Yeah, they're, they're doing eagle. Well, they didn't really, I think they didn't really build the tension. They're about, they're gonna talk more, dude. <laughs> yeah, this is not eagle or turkey. Is that wait? So if we, if they had gone with the turkey, would we eat like eagle sandwiches instead? Like you know, you got like a turkey club. Would you get an eagle club? What a, what a Yo, they really fucking hated England. Like, do you know what I mean? Yo, man, fucking. Like, they're they're just like, let's just stick it to them. They oh, here, here's a good part. Feeny kind of looks like an eagle. Yeah, they all look like the bird they suggested. Yes. And so in real life, they all this was this a real debate. Did just hit that I know? Also, is there no one else who could weigh in on the bird issue? It's just the three of them? Yeah, man. Well, fuck that. Shit, dude. Okay, that's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, my top two are the long, drawn-out series. The, the... What do you call it? Paul Giamatti as... Um, John Adams. The John Adams HBO miniseries. Or that Discovery Channel America, The Story of Us. Well, we've gotten a lot accomplished today, then. <laughs> Figure out what we're getting. So. So, do you want to go... Tell me when you first remember meeting me at Nerd Melt. Because we're oh, both... Oh, I remember Kalira's Day. Which, when, when did you remember? You were talking about the... Uh... The, first, the the Nerd Melt get-together is Christian Spicer's <laughs> yep. last day. Christian Spicer's last whatever day. Whatever the fuck he was doing there. And Social walk, media. I walk and H, in. H. Allen Scott was taking over for him. That's right. He wow. took over social. I don't even. Does he still do it? I don't even know. Maybe uh, it's Kurt, maybe it's Caitlin. Yeah, I think it's Caitlin or Nolan. Okay, let's not say. But <laughs> let's not commit. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I remember walking to Nerd Mel. It was like the first like get together where I'm meeting more than like four employees. I've worked probably like three, three or four. Do you remember what like the times. first shows you? Were, so you've worked a couple shows before that. Yeah, I think they were all Harmontown, and those were just not. 
the most fun to be an intern at sometimes. It was Harmontown. The guests were great. The show's entertaining. The it's long and arduous. It's long, and you gotta get stuff for people. It's a lot of it's. It's one of the more. It look out of all the shows that we've that you and I have interned. That took a lot more yeah. effort. Well, I was hot off the internship at Conan, so I was worse. I was used to worse. So what was that like? It was it was grueling. I mean, it was cool, but it was you know, it was you know interning for free pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, so it was like that was a great experience. Nerdmelt was a great experience. I get to the first party. I walk in. Everyone's like meeting me and stuff, and. Uh, and I it was one of like two new people. There were like two or three other probably new people. Yeah. But you, you and Sammy and a couple other people probably started. Matt, I think, started like a month. Do you know when the party was? Uh, May two thousand fourteen. I started at like the end of March two thousand fourteen. Cool. I yeah, I was like either April or May. I think late April. So this is probably three weeks in. Gotcha. I come in. Everyone's like meeting me, and then Christian Spicer's like, "Oh, you, you're the new guy." Thought Eddie was the new guy. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm on Team Ryan. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> team Ryan. Team Ryan. And I'm just, I'm just like, now I figured out who Eddie is, and I look yeah. over, and <laughs> he was just like, "Fuck you, Eddie," <laughs> and you were just like smiling and laughing. It was sick because it was such a strange. Co- I remember yeah. that was. I forgot that Christian was the guy who had said it and was like, "Wait, I thought he was the new guy." Team, I'm on Team Ryan, and yeah. actually kicked it off. And the whole, the rest of the meeting was all like, "I don't know, Team my... Ryan or Team Eddie." And you fucking, you had way more people on your team. I was well, so jealous. Well, yeah, I, I mean, good looking. It's like <laughs> that I was was smiling. So sad. It was like a smile off. We were smiling. We were like, "Ha ha!" Because we didn't new. want it to be serious. Like, we were new. Oh, um, yeah, and that was oh man, that was Aaron and Danielle were. They were still in charge. Aaron and Danielle were still they in gave, charge. They really fucking saved my life out here because I was like not doing anything except for like working. I was like, I think I did an improv class mm-hmm. and then like an IO and uh, and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll try out Nerd Melt because I think I emailed Danielle like four or five months before and she was like, we're all filled up. So I was like, you know what? I'll email one more time. We came in for an interview. It turned out Aaron and I went to the same school. Aaron Baker? Yeah. Columbia College. Oh, okay, nice. Alex went there, too. Alex Jacobs. Where is Columbia College? In Chicago. Okay. There's one in... There's a Columbia University in New York. Okay, that's, that's what why people I got... usually assume it is. But uh, I... So, yeah, that was, that was, like, really such a godsend because, like, I got the improv stuff for free. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, involved in the sketch world because of Nerdist. Well, like how I, many classes did you end up taking at the school? Seven, I think. Yeah. Seven or eight. Uh, but one I think I paid for. It was two, it was three improv, two musical improv, one sketch. I think that's it, actually. Okay. So just six, that, and one of them I paid for. So sketch, actually. So three improv. Is the what I ended up doing again, more. Say it three improv? Three improv, two musical improv. Okay, and then a sketch. Yeah, I think that's it. I did. It's I, worth it, though. Like, if you get it for free oh my through God, Nerd Melt. It was, it was I, awesome. That's how I heard I loved about it. it. I buddy, loved class. One of my friends Nerdist. who's over at Kimmel right now, He, uh, we were, like, living together for a while. He told me about Nerdist School. Is he, that so you found I out? I took an I.O. class with him, and then I couldn't afford doing I.O. And he's like, well, you should check out Nerdist. I think if you work intern at Nerd Melt, you get to do it for free. That's how you found out about it? I think so, yeah. So you applied uh, twice? Jesse oh, wow. He told me about it. And then I think also my roommates at the time told me about it. So Jeff Lazinski and Lauren Peaster up in 
fucking Chatsworth. We are, I was living in a house in Chatsworth when I first got to LA. <laughs> Where's that? Four years ago. I don't ago. even know where that is. It's north of Northridge. It's where the porn stars go to film. There's porn studios. Oh, man, that's deep. The porn stars live in Van Nuys, though. Dude, so take like, what is it, like 45 minutes down? What's that? Is it like 45 minutes down to Hollywood? I would take the 134 to the 5 to the 170 <laughs> to the 134 to get to Warner Brothers every, every day for four months. Or every weekday. You, is that where you're doing Conan? Yeah. and I But I had like, friends down there. Yeah. I go to LA pretty much. I mean, like they pay for gas. So I racked up a lot of miles my first year, though, because how, of where we were. How long would it take you down to NerdMelt? Hour 15 sometimes. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I almost got fired my first day at Nervelt. How come? Because you were late? I showed up so fucking late. Aaron uh-huh. was like, dude, you gotta read the email. And I was like, I know, man. I'm, I just now realize, like, there's two fucking times. That fucked up everyone, though, at Nervelt. They're like, why is there... Oh, because why do you even... time and showtime? Yeah, like, just, bold, just, like, put the, you know, bold it or, like, you know, put the actual time of the show why does the time of the show matter anyways i miss those booking emails so much because when they got rid of them i never knew when i was working like well though yeah because it showed like the day they day. and they would but they would email, email you yeah yeah like three that was before. nine times out of ten how i would know i was working like i yeah. would look at the schedule and mark most of them down but i'm like i would get lost in the week and then on yeah. tuesday or on a wednesday be like you're working tomorrow night and i was like oh good thank god like i got well go. working yeah working for free they realize they're doing a lot more work for the people doing it for free and they're like ah you guys can just check yeah yeah they were so i loved i loved that i uh you loved what <laughs> i loved the booking emails <laughs> but i loved working there working there yeah. was it was it was like a haven it was, i fucking miss it now i but we when i left there. Inter- but i miss just being there every like i know i could it's go it's a different generation now i know that i could go every night you can't go back eddie but you know how it is like the requirement of being down there and working the show, like I liked, I loved selling tickets. I well, that's the great thing about me is I'm at Nerdist School all the time. Ah, oh, yeah, I gotta get down there more often. And and my sketch team meets there whenever I, so I'm performing there sometimes every other weekend, and then I have sketch hangouts like once a week there. Yeah. So I'm at Nerd Melt pretty often. So I'm still like meeting the interns. Yeah. But still, it's like so many of them are coming in, coming out. It's hard to like, you know, and Nolan remember. Just left. Yeah, like meet everyone. What's up? Nolan just left. Nolan just left, and Alex just left. <sighs> and did Catherine just leave too? I don't know. I could have sworn I saw that Catherine left. Oh. Just like all these people who are who have been there since like everyone probably a we year before with, me. Yeah, at least a year before me. Alex probably more. I, I miss. I swear, I miss working there. I miss like just being there and dealing with it and just. Yeah. Being around all the shows, I learned, I like. That's something I would tell a lot of people if they were talking about coming out here, asking like advice or opinion or what worked. I mean, I have friends in like Florida and Tennessee that know about Nerd Melt, and every time and and they you know can't afford to come out here very often, yeah. but they say when they do or if they do, they're gonna check out Nerd Melt because of the pot the Nerdist podcast, but also the comedians they follow yeah. are just always performing there. One of the, th- I learned very quickly that <clears throat> the greatest advantage to working there was watching those shows yeah. and understanding how a working comedian worked every single night of the week. Like those people, because you started to recognize that it, it wasn't, 
like <coughs> you just see how they work their material different times and different ways like you can learn so much just from watching them and we had yeah. such a great variety of different comedians and different styles I mean my god everything we had I've watched the Sklar brothers there I've watched Sarah Silverman there I, I'm gonna yeah. forget more people than I can list but you just I took away so many little tidbits on oh there's that and oh there's that yeah. and can I tell you something stand up for me growing up was just so far away that I never thought I would ever like even like go to an open mic I, I didn't know I would ever have to be around stand up in career it's I thought a, I thought too. it was gonna be like I thought I was gonna like know a lot of people who did stand up I just never thought that I would be on a stage doing stand up it never in, in growing it, up it didn't occur to me until that day I asked Mondo that that was something that I could do too oh, it's really? so weird but like out of all That's the funny. jobs and things that you could do, that just I mean, seemed... I grew up listening to Bob Hope and uh, well, yeah, what Bill you, Cosby and... What was your first... Do you know what your, your first comedy thing was? Because I do. Probably Jack Benny. Wow. Yeah, my parents, they wouldn't let us watch TV more than 30 minutes a day until probably middle school. And uh, so instead, we would listen to old-time radio yeah. or like stand-up comedians and my parents were very conservative, so like Richard Pryor and Robin Williams were off limits, mm -hmm. and so we would just listen to Bill Cosby and and then we'd go super old. We go, we go like Bill Cosby was the was the newest. Oh, Everyone wow. else was like Bob Hope, Jack Benny, The Great Gildersleeve. We listened to like old time rate like old time radio from the golden ages. Yeah, uh, Phil uh, Phil Harris and uh, holy sh fucking uh, and then dramas too, like The Shadow. Yeah. Those, and then, you know, we watched, like, Dick Van Dyke's show. So even we, the stuff we watched, it felt like we were living in, I like, can, the 50s and 60s. I can tell that you watched Dick Van Dyke early. You saying that makes a lot of sense to me now. Yeah. Uh, did you watch Nick at Night? Yeah. That was a Fresh big Prince thing for Air. us. That's two I watched things. that all the time. Fresh Prince was huge. The first sort of three comedic, in, like, exposures I got, my dad loved watching Letterman on Late Night. I, I adore Letterman. I never, I didn't. It was on Nick at Night? No, no, no. Oh. He, he you just let you watch show. Letterman. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Like he, uh, if I got to stay up for the yeah. monologue on a Friday night when I was at my dad's house, that was a huge <laughs> thing for me, to stay up that late and watch uh, his opening monologue. So I love David Letterman yeah. and his work on the Tonight. Uh, it really was it the Tonight Show. David Letterman. Yeah. What did he do? It was Late Show with David Letterman. Yeah. Or Late Night. Late Night. Um, my mother was definitely a, not Tonight Show. No. He, that's what he wanted. That's yeah. <laughs> my mother. Loved I Love Lucy, so we'd watch that on Nick at Night, and there were a few other Nick at Night shows oh, yeah. that I would I, watch you know as what? well. I mean, TV Land is what we usually went to, or, or TCM. Yeah. TCM was a big one. But I fucking love I loved Lucy. That was you loved Lucy, or you loved I Love Lucy. Both. Okay, because they're very different, Eddie. I I love. Do you watch the Lucy Desi Hour? They had I a watched hour. a little. I watched a little bit is of that. Is that when they first started giving comedy more than? 30 minutes or 20 maybe no and I mean no like the late night shows were were running long then I mean yeah I guess so the, but, that, but it was it was like a scripted comedy show it wasn't a full hour I don't know the I don't Lucy think so and, yeah yeah Lucy and Desi hour wasn't it oh I guess they had like some performance they had like a little variety in the middle mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. more of a variety show oh, Carol Burnett show though she was brilliant that was when I first realized like sketch because I always just kind of Stuck to acting and writing, mm -hmm. writing movies, acting in everything. Yeah. So like theater on camera, 
and then uh, I never thought of like performing in front of a camera in front of a live audience. Like yeah. besides like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air stuff, I never yeah. thought of like I guess I never I thought of sketch. Sitcoms. I never thought of like a non like uh, scripted, like I, not scripted. I guess like you know series. I I only thought like, of like, like a variety the three show? cam. I didn't. Yeah, I never thought of like a script like a sketch variety so, show until I was like in fifth. Did grade. you ever watch some of the old like Colgate hours? With Abbott and Costello, because you know yeah. that's a big like, that's my third. I think I so have some. Like the earliest things I remember you know are Letterman, I Love Lucy, and Abbott and Costello. My yeah. grandma got me a full like a full poster to hang on my wall with who's on first mm. written out. So I would just read through to myself. They bought me a videotape because one time my grandma, my grandma Ann made some reference to Abbott and Costello, who's on first, and I was probably seven. Teen? Seven, eight years old. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, you don't know Evan Costello, who, who's on first? And she, like, so she got me a poster and she bought me a videotape yeah. and sent it to me and was like, this is it. Like, that's the first bit of comedy. I like, I fell in love with that. And then it I was, gotta show you an episode of uh, Studio 60, the Sorkin show. Yeah? Yeah, there's a character who does that. With the Matthew Perry, is that he? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, There's a character on the show... Is an SNL or SNL is the show's cast member, but it's definitely an SNL thing. Oh, wow. uh, but he's one of the cast members, and he gives his and his parents just don't understand. His dad just doesn't understand why he's doing comedy. Yeah. He wanted to be like either religious or a lawyer or something like that, and so he gives him the Abbott and Costello vinyl to his dad, who's on first to his dad, and I won't like ruin it, but it was like very touching. My I have that I have a vinyl of it. Dude, I got. I'll give. I have the DVD set. I'm gonna give it to you. All right. That's the reason I have it. So, to, so I can give it to you in this moment. It's brilliant. Because there's no other reason. I, have I can 60. die now. Uh, <laughs> do you know who our dynamic reminds me of, though? Who? When we're on stage, at least the uh, on the road, Bing Crosby, Bob Hope characters. Interesting. Yeah, on the road. I don't think I've seen that. I, What's the, what There's is, four or five it? of them. Hold on. I'm gonna what give about you two it? Now. What about it reminds you? Because they're just always bickering. <laughs> it's great. Hold on. We don't even bicker. I, I guess no, that by me saying that, I'm bickering with you. We, uh, <laughs> like an old married couple. We bicker. We oh. don't bicker. Okay, so this is on the road. Four of them. What there, is there's it? more than four, but this one only has four. Is it sketch? What do they do? It's it's a full movie. It's, it's very okay. Abbott and Costello. It's okay. very Dean Martin and... So yeah, from Abbott and Costello's Who's on First, I then watched all their fucking like... Evan Costello, African Screams, and like Meet the Meet Wait, Frankenstein. Evan <laughs> Costello did movies like Meet They Meet Frankenstein and Africa Screams oh, or something. Oh, Africa Screams, yeah. Uh, uh, they Meet the Mummy, like all yeah. that shit that later got pitched to Kevin Smith to do Jay and Silent Bob meet all those things like Evan yeah. Costello. And then Alvin and the Chipmunks took it instead. They did? And Scooby Doo. No, I don't know. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those are, that was, and then later I got big into Saturday Night Live um, yeah. through Wayne's World and Mike. Um, Can I ask, I'm gonna ask since we were talking about Scooby Doo and all that. I just I don't remember if you actually said this or if I thought this in like a daydream. Did you pitch or did I think? I think you pitched it of a, a historical roast. If it got so famous, you were like, yeah, it was definitely you because you were naming <laughs> you were naming games. Like, historical roast, the game, historical Dude, roast, I, I made the, the game. I wrote a game okay, idea. Okay. I couldn't convince you But did you, you say, did you or did you not say, and now I'm just tickled pink because it's the funniest thing, a Scooby-Doo animated kind of thing where it's you and me, like, solving crimes through history. Like, an animated, maybe, not, maybe I, not, not the whole plot, but just, maybe, like, just like an animated great, historical roast. I hope I said that because that sounds awesome. I'm 80% sure you said it. <laughs> it sounds like something I would say, but that sounds fucking awesome. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, but I just thought Scooby-Doo. I was like, 
Oh, if, it, if we could get someone to do, like, the old animated, like, 1970s look. Have, like... <laughs> so, oh, man. I almost like Max want, Fleischer Superman? Have, like, Don Knotts come on. If he's still alive. <laughs> that dude... That sounds like a great fucking idea. Know, right? An animated show featuring us traveling through history, solving yeah. mysteries. That's fucking great. And we'll run into Scooby Doo along the way. We'll run, it, we gotta get Hannah Barbera. <laughs> Eddie on. and Ryan meet Scooby Doo. <laughs> um, so I got big into Saturday Night Live. Then I think Robin Williams. Oh, I, his special. I remember watching one of his specials and being really entranced. But then, like I've told you, my first comedians, like stand ups. Um, Bill Cosby because of the Cosby show and eventually got into his stand-up. You know, great storyteller and unfortunately it's... I feel like it's art that you just aren't... For me, I don't want to access anymore. You know what? Like, I don't want to access that art anymore. Like I just kind of had right. to put it down at a certain point and reflect yeah. back on what I took from it mm-hmm. and the good parts of it that I enjoyed but that it's just kind of not a... You know, I have I have the records of the CDs, or I want to watch the show, but I just kind of put it away for now. Yeah. Um, uh, so Cosby, Seinfeld. 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 Yeah. The, the That's right. I can. The other genius see that. part of that was. Could definitely see Seinfeld. Not only did I grow up on his TV show, but he would include stand up at the beginning and end of every episode. Yeah. It was a great. <laughs> I love Seinfeld. I, I fucking adored that show. That, that mm. show and I wasn't getting choked up. I got dry mouth. So I. Do you I, want Kleenex? No, 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 no. I got to blow my nose anyways. So I adored Seinfeld and that stand-up really like affected me. But I never said to myself like, oh, I should do what Jerry's doing right there. I thought more of the TV show because I love like Saved by the Bell and shit. Um, and Chris Rock, like, Dude, Chris Rock. I think your Saved by the Bell was my Happy Days. Cause I was watching. Oh, I loved Happy Days. Make I watched, it fucking night. I think I watched every episode of Happy Days back in the day. I and and then show. I remember watching, I think I got to Saved by the Bell when I was like 14 or 15. It, it was, I started yeah. watching, I think it was Nick at Night I probably started watching Interesting. It. But there was like marathons and shit and my uh, brother and I started watching it. So I grew up on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Full House, but Saved by the Bell was like my alt. I can, I can tell, I can tell you about every story. I can give you lines. You remember that made that, the, the made for TV Lifetime movie? Uh, which one? The Saved, Saved by one? the Bell. It was like the I mean, behind the scenes stuff. I didn't see it, but I've seen. Lu- have you seen the I Love Lucy one, the Three Stooges one, the uh, Batman one? Which ones? The made for TV movies based. Oh, on the I Love Lucy scenes, one was awesome. Yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't see that. Those were I the Batman. I, think I saw that when I was like fifteen or sixteen. So I was just like, I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh shit. I watched that like, when we, for when we roasted Lucy. I watched the. Uh, I think that's the, that's the day my soul. Same died. thing with the Elvis one where Jonathan like, Reese Myers plays Elvis. He was brilliant as Elvis. I oh, loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I saw that too. Maybe. So my and, and Chris Rock when he released Bigger and Blacker um, with Don't No Sex in the Champagne Room. Um, Gave me this. I got I that. Listened to it yet? Oh, Ronnie Dangerfield. Ronnie Dangerfield. I knew him in the more movies respect. more than I knew his stand up. I also bought Adam Sandler's You're All Gonna Laugh at Me on tape when I was a kid because I love Saturday Night Live so much. And that was a weird, crazy album he put out. Yeah. He did ridiculous characters. Like, who were your big stand-ups? Like, who did you see do, doing stand-up that you, you would, like, watch? And... Growing up? Yeah. Who were, like, the, who were your big influences when you were a kid? As far as stand-up? Yeah. Well, like I said, like, I never, I never like? thought I'd do stand-up. Yeah. But, like, like, when I watched stand-up, it would mostly be... I, I 
hated to say this, but most of the time it was Bill Cosby. Gotcha. But I also listened to George Burns. My uh, grandparents loved him because their names were their name, last name was Burns. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so they they had his shit all over the place. Uh, it was um. I would li- I would listen to, I mean I just listened to like mostly the stuff from like the golden age. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I like writing so much. Yeah. I think because when I I just like writing stuff to make people laugh because I would realize it was probably from the Dick Van Dyke show too. I, I realized like someone's writing every all of this. Yeah. That's why people are laughing. Yeah. The actors are just saying it like they're saying it in a, in a funny way. They're using the infliction, but they're not the ones that created it. Yeah. They're living it out. So I was, so I think that's why I always started like. I wanted to act forever. I always wanted to act mm-hmm. since I remember, but the whole writing thing kind of came through comedy. That was like the main thing that came from comedy. I I came to performance, like it was something that I look back now and I can see the creativity and the expressiveness was always there. Yeah. But I didn't tap into it until much later. Um, there's only been a few things I've ever wanted to be in my life. When I was really little, mm-hmm. like kindergarten, I wanted to be a detective. Me and James King. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that, that we're like we're like the me. we're like the the Barnaby Boys or whatever. The Hardy Boys. Who are the Barnaby Boys? I don't know who are the Barnaby Boys. Probably a parody of the Hardy Boys. <laughs> but I wrote a sketch about the Hardy Boys growing up, like a web series where they grew up and they were sort of pseudo detectives, but they're famous from being in the books, but they're real people. And so they have to go on like a book tour and then one of them is super serious as a detective. Matt, I think. Not Matt and Jeff. Tom and Tom and Jeff, I think, are their names. And one of them is super serious, and one of them is sort of laid... Um, not laid back, but he enjoys the fame of being one of the Hardy Boys, while the other is like, I want to be taken serious as a detective. And they go on these adventures in real life, and like the cocky one who likes to be famous will just show up at a crime scene. And it's indescript as to why they're allowed to do detective work. <laughs> so he'll just like show up and be like, all right, boys, here's what we got. You got this over here and that over there. And then Tom, the other one is like, I just take, sh- be quiet, take notes. You have to look at this. You're not even looking. It's right here. And, like, and that was their dynamic. So the one like played the fame of being in all those books. And the other was like, I want to be taken seriously. I like that. Um, I'll show you That's some what idea. I have. We could play. You could play the fucking cocky one. I I wrote it so yeah, I, I was the cocky to. one and uh, like into the fame. But if we did it, you'd be that, and I'd be like, "Come on, dude! I just want to be taken." Or we should switch for once. I'll be loud and like, "I want to be famous for a Hardy Boy," and you should be like, "Dude, take this serious. I want to be a real detective." That's the character I play in everything. <laughs> <laughs> so the Barnaby Boys is the thirteenth episode of the third season of Recess, which was first <laughs> broadcasted in two thousand. So not at all. I don't know how the fuck, but also it could be the, let's see, Barnaby, there's a character in Hello Dolly named Barnaby. Okay. But it's just one of them. So it's not, Barnaby. but still not the Hardy Boys. Barnaby, one person boy. So I wanted to be a detective with James King, then I wanted to be a a pro wrestler, but that was even further away than anything else I could imagine. Yeah. Like, I I could never be Hulk Hogan, so I was just like, all right. And now, look at you, you're Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Just in hairstyle. You can't see it, but he's dressed just like Hulk Hogan. Brother. Um, then I wanted, serious. I swore I wanted to play basketball. Like, yeah. I wanted to be a basketball player and then get into coaching. And I was too fat and slow to, to, to do that, so I couldn't play. So I just went straight into coaching. But it, it was a mistake in my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, right before the season, they were doing a non-musical version of Fame at our high school. Yeah. And I... I was friends with everyone, but I didn't have like a click. And so one of my friends was in the theater group and he was like, Eddie, you should come out and audition. His name is Steve Ginsburg 
and he's responsible for all of Don't this. Don't forget that name, everybody. Go find him and ask him for a favor right now. And he he asked me to audition, and I went to the auditions for fame, Yeah. and I never read for any specific part. I just kept filling in when other people were reading. So like, I, if, if, if Chris Chung was auditioning, I read against him. If Tara Jamshidian was auditioning, I read against... Like, are these real just, names? Yeah, yeah, these are people. Tam, what was his last name? Tara Jamshidian. Shidian. No, Jam Shidian. Jam Shidian. Yes. Okay, go on. <laughs> so I got Jam cast Shidian. As, I got I got cast as <laughs> Ralph Garcy in Fame, who was a stand-up comedian to be in the School of Arts that they were going to. So it was about high school kids who were in the School for the Arts. Damn. Um, I fucking fell in love that moment, and so I did Guys and Dolls and played mm-hmm. Big Julie. And, this, and then I graduated and I went to Quinnipiac, which was set up to try to get into basketball coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to work there, try to work as the manager for the team, but I just didn't want to go to college and I was yeah. there for the wrong thing. And it turned out my wait. senior year, I figured out that I was a performer. Like I wanted to be, in, I wanted to act. Whoa, 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 wait. Go ahead. Stand up right now. Look over there. Concerned. Yeah. Stand up and look concerned. Put your hands on your waist. And now clap and be like, come on, hurry up. Come on. Hurry up. I can see it. Yeah. I see a basketball coach right there. I see it. You can play a basketball coach. Dude, I coached basketball. I coached high school basketball. Jam Shidian. (laughs) That's your verb now. That's your fucking. That's my catchphrase. Catchphrase. Jam Shidian. Half half of someone's last name. No, that's their last name. Jam Shidian. What's their first name? Tara. Oh, okay. <laughs> she went on to Boston Conservatory. She's like an opera singer. She's fucking brilliant as a, an opera singer. Well, jam shittian. Wait. <laughs> wait, my sunglasses. Hold on. Oh, Hold on. God, wait, that's wait, your catchphrase. Ready? Okay. Tell me. Uh, <laughs> tell me how someone was murdered. Okay. Okay. Ryan. Uh-huh. You'll never believe it. What? Alex was killed. What? By a runaway werewolf. Well, puts on the sunglasses. Jam shitty. <laughs> Not even about the murder. I just wanted you to see what you'd make up. Gotcha. <laughs> it's all about the sunglasses that you can't see, but they're uh, Kanye's. Oh, man. Um, so after that, I dropped out of college after one semester, and I lived near the city, so I started going in and taking classes, and that's how I got into being wanting to be a performer. I want to be an actor. I started in acting classes in the city and yeah. I did some singing, but I was, I'm a serviceable singer. I knew it wasn't going to be my thing. I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says serviceable, serviceable singer. <laughs> and I'll back it. I'll just say jam shitty. <laughs> that was a picture of me like flicking someone off. Oh fuck. Jam shitty. So then I told you that Mondo got me into stand up. Um, damn. I, I, it's one of the best I, I love it I fucking that's one of my favorite things to do it's definitely like therapeutic it's very it, in for certain, me yeah in certain you know certain places um in locations so back to back to Nerdist and Nerdmelt one of the other things I like about that venue and working there is you would see things that weren't that were very out of outside the norm Right, because they have alternate format shows. Nerd and- Melt, yeah, yeah. You get like uh, you get like one show where 
uh, they had booze crews and it was everyone. Uh-huh. They liked a lot of sketches and comedians going up, so it's a variety show, but they also have sketches in between of the main cast, and it all takes place on a booze cruise, so you yeah. had drinks, you, you know. Uh, and then there was another, there were a few, there was like, you know, uh, Doug Loves Movies, where it's like yeah. four guests just sit down, no stand-up, it's just four guests sitting down, answering trivia with the audience, uh, people win prizes, it's all kind of, you know, nerd culture there. If it, if it has to do with nerd culture, I think yeah. that's that's kind of what the vibe was, is like, that's the vibe they were trying to keep with. It's yeah. something that's a little goofy or nerdy or, uh, you know, geeky. Do you remember some of your favorite things that you saw that were like, not typical stand-up, not like, not Sarah Silverman working her set, or mm-hmm. not a drop-in from so-and-so, like, some of those weird things that were outside the box, where you're like, I'm, I would only have seen this here tonight, and I'm glad I showed up. I think the first one that I was really impressed with, it's still there, it's set list. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, there are a lot of great shows going on, but that one requires so much of a comedian to have the skill set to rattle off an entire bit or just really just all you got to do is really like uh entertain the audience yeah i think you can kind of say whatever you want it doesn't need to be a structured story or format you can you can like you know start a metaphor and never finish it you can like go off on a story you can do whatever you want just as long as whatever pop whatever phrase that's been made up. Yeah, pops up behind you. It's like a little on the spot Mad Lib, I've, but I've, you're performing it in front of an audience, and it's just you up there. I've finished sets with improv stand up, like just called out for uh, <coughs> suggestions and done. Yeah, se- I mean that's what I think, because when this show first started and you proposed to be the host, mm-hmm. Sam and I were talking, and he's like, "Did you ever see? Have you seen him do stand up?" And I was like. Uh, I don't think I have. So we watched the video of when you um, were in front of an audience and you were like kind of doing improv stand. You were just yeah. like, does anyone have uh, something? I don't know what the question was. Yeah. But uh, but then you just pretty much did an entire set based on whatever the suggestion was. Yeah. And it was just like, I was just like, oh, cool. Yeah, he's he knows what he's doing. He's able to see, he's able to like um, think in the moment. Yeah. I think is what I found that could could make you like a really good host for the show is you're able to because it's characters you're interacting with characters mm-hmm. it's almost like you're the you're the you're <laughs> you're the Disney character in Disneyland that can talk you're yeah. Gaston you're, <laughs> you're, you're Ariel you're you're not you know one of the puppets or not, one not, of the, not the animals not the yeah animals. you don't have a helmet over your head protecting you from you you're not like just a mind character you like yeah. they're able to come it's not their show so the characters from history come on and they just got to stick with staying character yeah but you you're controlling almost everything you're yeah. the, you're the ring map you're like the person that's supposed to control it and I actually yeah. didn't even think about because I remember when you were like I want to be the host and I was like I was like, uh, sweet, yeah, it'd be awesome. Like, we need a host. Yeah. And I was trying to think, like, maybe it could be a co-host. Maybe it could be, like, a famous co-host. And I was thinking longer. I was like, I guess I've hosted shows. Because <laughs> that's what I, like, I did that, actually. Like, I didn't realize, but I've, didn't, I've done that a lot. I've hosted shows at, like, my college, my high school, my yeah. church growing up. I hosted, like, uh, volunteer events. Uh, we had, like, the... Uh, homeless people come in and we did like a ta- almost like a talent show no for way. homeless people to keep them entertained we did like we did like a like a trivia quiz in the middle of it it was just like all these students coming up with ideas for the homeless people and i was the, one of the hosts 
and I would just bring up somebody and I would just do like a duo thing with them because I'd be like, hey, what's the... I'd tell them like talk about the Noah's Ark thing and I'd like point out stuff in the story. I'm like, I'm like, but couldn't there be like, couldn't it be like a booze cruise? <laughs> like, you know? uh, and then I did a, uh, it was like, it was so weird. It was, it was a, it was like a goofy version. It was like almost mocking like the beauty pageant. Okay. For only women, yeah. but it was just it was just for guys, <laughs> just to be like goofy. It, like the other part of the year, it's like some other, it's like the other season, and I hosted that with a couple of buddies, and it was just like the most fun time because yeah. we were just goofing off, and there were no rules. They're like, just don't say fuck, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then you know I did a lot of like performances where it was kind of like off the cuff, and yeah. I took improv stuff. So I realized I think I was like, oh yeah, if there are two people who are able to like think quickly with these yeah. characters and bounce off each other. I just didn't know our dynamic, what our dynamic was going to be. So when I said, Hey, I think it'd be a good idea if we were both hosts. And since we were both creators and you're like, yeah, let's do it. That was, but un- none of it was planned at all. It was like, we got someone pregnant. So I've done, but it wasn't us. It was a show. I, 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 you ha- you I told you I used to DJ, right? Oh, here we go. So from when I was 15, DJ when I was 15 years old to 22, my yeah. main job was to be a party DJ on the weekends. Oh yeah, you told me this. And one of the like, did they you do bar say, mitzvahs? Yeah, yeah, bar mitzvahs, weddings, sweet sixteens, high school dances, nice. and they'd send you out as a duo. It was a two-person team all the time. Yeah, because there was a DJ and an MC. There was one person playing the music, and then you know at bar mitzvahs they yeah. like get kids up and dance and do the YMCA and like Sugar Hill what Gang. Was I did it from <laughs> 98 or 99 okay. up through seven years after 2006. I was probably I one I of those went. kids. That's <laughs> how we met. It's like, it's like Lost. There's a We've met before. <laughs> I love that you're they've always, Lost. They've always met it. before. <laughs> I love that. And, uh, Jack's dad is my dad. Is he your dad what, too? What's his name? <laughs> touches our arms? Uh, is it Joshua? Touches our arm? I'm, uh, Who's the guy at the end of the blonde hair? What? I don't know what you're um, talking about. The, the light side and the dark side. You've oh, seen the whole yeah, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, but the guy who's the one now. that Ben's talks to all the time on the island. Oh, uh, fuck. Jacob. 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 Yeah. He was Jacob. It's the Jacob touched us both at our mitzvah and walked away. <laughs> I was watching it and Hurley was like, Hurley's like, so you and I, he was talking to Locke, he's like, you and I are the only ones that can see the cabin and we're both the craziest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that show. I was I was thinking about it the other day. There's like a lot of, a lot of things in that show that's like just brilliant. Like the whole nod at Sherlock and Moriarty yeah. with Ben and Locke. Yeah, and Ben. They were supposed to get their own series. Code names Moriarty. What's up? They were the two of them. Those two actors. I remember that. I just remember hearing that. Or maybe I saw it. Did no, they have like I a first know. season. I don't or know if they had a pilot or not. Huh. I so, so I yeah, would DJ. Just... I would DJ parties, and I was the MC. So I was used to using a microphone. All the time, we're just gonna go. All right. <laughs> I see you looking at the time. I, yeah, we're gonna go because we have to get. We want to get the history of this, but this is all. Keep this going. all leads up to the. To this all leads up to historical roast. History because, of the history roast. Because I was a DJ and I uh. was the MC of the group, so I was the talker and I was the one who would get people involved and stand up and wave your hands and that kind of stuff. So I, w- Big Daddy Sean McKee, that was his DJ name. Big, Big Daddy. Daddy. So Sean McKee. Big Daddy taught me respect for a microphone because when I started, like the microphone was sacred because you have power. People have to listen to you when you're on a microphone so you can't abuse that power. 
So DJing, I was used to being on a mic and hosting things and bringing, mm-hmm. like, weddings. And bar my mission, like, I had to bring people is up. This is Justin Timberlake hair, Eddie. Yeah. This is the ramen yeah. noodle. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a picture on here? Let's, let's pop it up for that. That's what this thumbnail is going to be. This episode is just going to be like, it's the same as like what it usually is, but we're going to Photoshop the hair back. <laughs> like Guy Fieri almost. Yeah. So, okay, then go fast forward back to Nerdist. What are some of your non-stand-up moments, or even stand-up, like, what are your favorite memories of performances you saw at Nerd Melt Theater? Not historical roast. Like, things as an intern where you watched it and you're like, that's fucking cool. Hmm. I can give you mine if you want to think about it. I don't have to think about it. So, my f- I remember that my first show that I worked there was, like, a training show, mm-hmm. and it was Gerard Carmichael, an evening with Gerard Carmichael. I was there. We, we discussed yeah. this when we were both there, and it was he was. I I don't even know if I don't think I knew you were there. I think we were just no. there was just a bunch of people were there because you it just went you just went as a guest. You weren't working at that time because that was my first show. You hadn't signed up yet. Oh yeah, you just went. I I know I remember seeing only three or four shows. Before. Mm-hmm. I think I'd see I'd gone to Booze Cruise. I'd gone to Harmontown. Maybe that's why I got hired. I'd been to Booze Cruise. <laughs> uh, I've been to Harmontown, Booze Cruise, and the Gerard Carmichael thing, and probably one other. I, I had never heard of that place until Steph Garcia told me about it. And that's another connect. That's another lost uh, moment. I grew up, not grew up. I, when I started doing, uh, like taking acting classes in the city, Steph Garcia and I took uh, an act, we did a showcase together. Cool. And I She was, she she's is great. so talented. I was in, I was in my, I was in a sketch team with her. She's and so, she got pregnant. just a great actor. She's like, amazing. So talented. Oozing. And... The movie that Mike, my brother and I started to shoot, we shot 10 minutes of it. Steph is in it. We cast her. Really? Did I ever show it to you? It's no, called Overdue. No, you didn't Overdue. show it to me. I'll show you Overdue yeah, after we finish it It's My brother and I wrote That's an awesome. indie film, and what we did is we started to shoot the first 10 minutes of it that we were going to impl- include in a pitch package to raise money in the area to shoot about Stanford and use that as the like the home and like feature Stanford in this independent film yeah. when we shot for the weekends that we shot. This is the first thing I ever produced. Mm. I called up the library and I was like, can we borrow the library on a day that you're closed? Like, what would it cost? And they're like, you just have to pay a worker to be there and like 40 bucks in insurance. And I booked one of the branches of the Stanford library no to way. shoot it in for like a weekend. Dude, that's I'll amazing. show it to you. It was, yeah, yeah. And the advocate, our local paper came and t- took photos of us and featured us on the front page of the advocate as like local boy, like local kids making a movie about, you know, Stanford and this and that. We had, it's, it's a... It's a script I hold on to that I hope to actually produce with him one day because it was kind of cool. It was about a yeah. librarian who didn't take chances and like bottled himself up. And this random girl calls one day when he's at work. And on the other end, Steph Garcia's part, like she's just this wild free spirit. Yeah. And so what she does is she works at a copy store and she takes the receipts and whatever the totals are, she just dials the numbers and talks to strangers. But ultimately it was her way of keeping distance because she never had to get close to someone. Mm-hmm. So he bottles himself in, doesn't get close to people. She keeps distance and just talks to people on the phone that she doesn't know. And they end up getting like on a phone, like getting a phone relationship going. They yeah. fall for each other. And then he's at the end of the movie, he's like, I want to come up and see you finally. And she's like, no, that's too far. You can't. And then he has to yeah. go on his own and do it anyway. Wow. So we shot that. Um, that was the first time I was a producer. But you and I were both at the Gerard Carmichael evening with. And we yeah. both, I was friends with Jamar Neighbors at that point from doing stand-up in the area. And Jamar is calling jokes out to Gerard. He came late in the evening and he's like, yo, did, hey, Gerard. Oh, here we do, go. Do you know this one, man? 
Did you do that one? And he goes, oh, I forgot that one. <laughs> he did that joke. Oh, that's right. I remember that. That was, because that's why it was, look, it was my first show there. Holy shit. I heard shit. about it from Steph Garcia. I remember And that, I went to Nerdmel open mic, and it was the fucking coolest open mic. I, I remember, because there like, was a moment of him, like, kind of thinking. Yeah, there was a moment of him just, like, kind of being silent, and he's keeping the audience silent, and he was just kind of thinking. And, and then he, he just started talking, and then in the middle of him talking, Jamar was like, hey, hey. Gerard, man, you do what about whatever. So the connection to Steph Garcia is then she texted me when we both moved out here. We moved out within like a month of each other, and we we're like, what a coincidence! Like we should yeah. meet up, and we started hanging out. We were gonna do a podcast together, but I was so flaky at that point because I was so, like, I had nothing around. Yeah, so. flaky Yeti, that's what they called you. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah, <laughs> they didn't call you that. So, <laughs> so someone I meet in acting class. Yeah. And do a movie with that that we don't get to finish. Moves out here within a month of me. And then a little while in goes like, hey, have you heard of this Nerdist open mic uh-huh. at the comic book shop? And I was like, no. And I went and it was like a prize fight. There was like 70 comedians. Everyone was great vying for the 25 lotto spots. It was just like electric. And I was like, this is what Holy I moved shit. to LA to do stand up for. It was like, so a little while later, I was bored and I was like, I want to. Like I'd been to a couple shows and I'd been around the mic and I, like I was like I could, I could work here, and I approached Kyle Clark and I was like, um, dude, if I wanted to work here, who would I get in touch with? And he put me in touch with Danielle. Uh-huh. I did the interview and like the first shot I got in, this because Kyle Clark. I just went up to him and asked him one day after the open mic. Yeah. Um, Everyone I talked was to was like, you got to meet Kyle Clark. How have you not met Kyle Clark oh, he's yet? He's so the great. nicest guy. And I was like, okay, I gotta meet him. So Gerard Carmichael's evening with was my first one there. It was packed. It went really long. I knew he was recording it for HBO. And the fact that one of my friends from stand-up, Jamar Neighbors, got up and started yelling at Gerard the different jokes. Did you do this one yet? Did you do this one yet? That was yeah. Uh, just kicked off my experience there. And then there's three moments I really remember. One is I met Tom Wilson, who played Biff. Tom Wilson? No, that's that's uh, James Stewart. Jeremy Stewart. <laughs> so I met Tom Wilson. Just and he calling was, out his own his own name. He was awesome, and his he did age. this incredible set. I have a videotape of it. I'll show you where he was singing a song about mm. how he talked to Crispin Glover on the phone the other day. Yeah, it was all. And you're like, oh, if I wasn't here tonight, I'd never see Biff from Back to the Future sing a song about. Do you want? Do you want to know? McFly. Do you want to know two things that makes me think that I'm cursed? What? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, it's not. It's not like a very, not a real it's curse. Not, no, it's not like a bad thing. No, it's not like it's a, not curse. a real curse. It's not a real curse. It's just like things I'm like, fuck, why why did I do that? Why didn't I do that? But um the day I didn't I there were two different times I didn't want to go to meltdown, but I definitely could have. When were they? Because I'm usually I usually wasn't free and then like but when I was an intern, I just never got around on Wednesdays. I always had something going on. Yeah. So twice I could have gone and twice I didn't go. The first time Robin Williams showed up. Oh fuck! He and, at and the melt, for the meltdown show. Yeah, and Matt, and Matt uh, Burnside tells me it was like the most amazing experience because he was like in the green room and he just shows up because Bobcat's on stage and Camille asked Robin, "You want to go up?" And Robin's like, "Oh no, I'm just here to see Bob and Bobcat." And he's just like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Come on!" And then Bobcat gets off and Bob's like, "Go up, man!" So he goes up and he and he performs and he's. Killing it. The audience is fucking freaking out. And and Burnside tells me like everyone's kind of like hugging each other in the back, laughing so hard, and like looking out and and seeing the joy 
on Robin Williams' face. Oh. And I will never forgive myself for not going. That's like, oh. that's why I have FOMO now, I think. But then, yeah. FOMO? FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh, oh, fear of gotcha. Out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know about that as a, as a... There were, I don't remember the ones I missed. I know that there were a few that I heard about later. I had a weird experience that through Nerd Melt, I got booked to volunteer at a premiere. It was a special showing to Chris Hardwick and Nerdist people for the movie Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise because he was going to have him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so Aaron Dan- and Danielle needed volunteers and I volunteered and like I seated people at Chinese, at Grauman's Chinese Theater mm-hmm. and then got to watch Edge of Tomorrow in the theater. Oh, cool. And, in Grauman's. And it was Holy a special crap, screening man. just for Nerdist. Oh, that's great. Wow. At the end of it, as soon as the credits started playing, I got up and left because like I'm going to beat everyone out. I, I worked the event, so I was like, I'm done. It was so... To me, the experience was so cool. I was just like, this is awesome. I just saw a special a special sneak peek of a movie for Nerdist as a volunteer in Grauman's Chinese Theater. Fucking the coolest. I get home, and Aaron Baker had been there, and he posted a photo of Chris Hardwick and Tom Cruise talking. I was like, of course, Tom Cruise. Why did you stay, you idiot? You, <laughs> yeah. you missed Tom Cruise I know, right? in Grauman's Chinese Theater? It's as easy as that. Shit. I know. It's like it's almost like we have more angst because we're in a city filled with celebrities that we're constantly missing out on opportunities yeah. and moments versus like living in Montana and being like, now nah, we're good. So Tom Wilson meeting Biff and watching him sing that him. song was awesome. Yeah. Another show that I saw, um, first off, I loved going to Baby Talk. I knew Dan Levy from Stanford, Connecticut, so I used to watch Baby Talk all the time. And that always Dropped another name. Moments. Hold on, I'll get that for you. There is a name. Want, um, you want me to put this somewhere or put it back in your pocket? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, I saw Jonathan Lipnicki was on a show, and they got him to reenact the scene <coughs> from Jerry Maguire. It was Baby Talk. Yeah, I was there. He was a guest. You were there too? I told you I was there. I filmed it. Oh, I have it on my phone. It's I know, fun. you walk yeah. in front of my phone to film it, dude. <laughs> Goddamn bastard. But I love that, because like, when, when are you going to see Jonathan Lipnicki read that scene? Hashtag never. You know? Okay, I'll see if so. I can pull it up. And my third favorite scene, uh, t- thing that I saw there, and this one I definitely have the video of still, mm-hmm. is Rob Paulson, um, who Rob played Paulson. Wacko on... <gasps> yeah, on Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Holy he shit. performs Animaniacs. What? Here. Get the fuck out of here, Eddie. Swear to God, if this isn't real. Here, this is Jonathan Lipnicki doing Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I know. I saw this. Where is Wacko? Hold on. That was one of my favorites, and you want to see... I was by the exit door. I was by the back filming it. I think I just, like, walked in a little bit before that. They're like, do you want to do his part, and then you, you can do Tom Cruise? You ready for this? This is Rob Paulson. Oh, you have shown me this. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. I gotta imagine Tom Wilson is, that wha- is on here. It's Wacko, Yakko. Yeah, I guess that was Wacko. I thought I had taped some of Tom Wilson. Oh well. Anyway. So then we meet at the 
get together to introduce all newbies. It turns into Team Ryan and Team Eddie. And I won. When do you, when was the night? When do you remember coming up with this idea for historical roast together? Oh, the suspense is killing me. That's right. That's exactly where I'm going to leave off for this episode. Right before Ryan and I jump into the details about coming up with Historical Roast, make sure you download part two, which will be the next episode, um, and we'll pick up right where we left off. Don't forget to check out Meltdown Presents Championship Wrestling from Hollywood's Red Carpet Rollout, Saturday, June 17th. Doors open at 11 a.m. Bell time is 11.30 a.m. It's a completely free event. You do not want to miss a wrestling ring in the middle of Meltdown Comics. And then Historical Roast, The Beatles, is happening Tuesday night, June 20th at 9 p.m. at Nerd Melt. We'll see what happens when Beatlemania hits Historical Roast. Then join us Sunday, June 25th. Doors open at 3 p.m. for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood's Red Carpet Rumble, the biggest event of the year for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and it is free as well. If you're not in the L.A. area, check out the Fight TV app, YouTube America, KDOC, and all your local listings to see if you get Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And if you don't, call up your cable and television provider and demand that CWFH is on your television. And then Sunday, July 2nd at 7 p.m. at Nerd Melt, it's Jokers and Aces featuring Joel Ward, Alan Strickland-Williams, Brandy Posey, Nathan Fond, Brody Reed, and David and Lehman. Jokers and Aces is truly one of a kind. We'll see you next episode, guys. Thank you. Jam shittering. <laughs> jam shittying. Oh, jam shittying. <laughs> <laughs>